Coming up on this week's official Big Footy podcast, it's Tiger time as we talk all things Richmond with Tugger and Danog. We discuss the latest developments from Essendon, there's a plague of Frank Spencer impersonations, and Messenger gets pinched more than 300 times. All this and more, coming right up. Betty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 8th Big Footy Podcast. I am the Wookiee. Good evening. I'd like to also welcome our uh, usual guests for this evening, the Old Dark Navies. G'day all. And Messenger. It's sensitive, but it's complicated. (laughs) Chief. Stop pinching me. (laughs) It all becomes clearer to me now. And uh, joining us to talk all things Richmond tonight... Uh, Danog. How we going? <laughs> and, and Tugger. Toot toot. That's the Tiggy train. Bye. <laughs> uh, I think we're all slightly drunk. But um, welcome, guys. We've got a big night uh, planned. I'm lying, of course. We've got an ordinary night planned. Uh, usual discussions. We'll be talking Richmond and we'll be talking uh, all manner of things AFL related in the second half of the program. But uh, first off, your uh, standout moments from the weekend and uh, Old Dark Navies, what stood out for you? I, uh, I'm probably going against the tide a little bit. Um, I, I like the Port versus Sydney game, not so much for the result, but uh, I don't mind a tough, scrappy contest when it's not my team I'm getting frustrated about. Um, it, was, it, was, it was sort of... Uh, with the way the wind was blowing and um, uh, nothing was hitting its mark, and it was just it just became a really compelling uh, contest for a neutral. Uh, neutral. Um, so that, yeah, that's what I enjoyed that, and uh, and the fact that um, you know Port got up, got up, and uh, you don't see Sydney sort of out muscled in those uh, in those really tight contests like that very often. Um, and I just I just wanted to say I was planning on pen, uh, on pinching Messenger three hundred times tonight, but I thought he'd go all Luke Hodge on my ass. <laughs> Well, the only thing that would have made that Sydney Port game better would be if uh, Paul Ruse is commentating, because that would have just been a pleasure to hear, just hearing him crumble after a few minutes. <laughs> Chief, what were your highlights from the weekend, Matt? Well, I have to say that it, um, I didn't get much football watched. I watched a few highlights and that sort of thing, and had a lot of Brisbane fans just crowing about how awesome they were and everything. But... I think the highlight has to be the second of a planned three threads on why AFL doesn't have state of origin. Now, <laughs> um, I think it's a it's a topic that hasn't been covered enough. I mean, you know, it's every bloody game, every state of origin game. We need probably two or three threads each state of origin game rather than per season. But you know, it, it, two threads for the year that's that's pretty good. That's not too bad, actually. It was pretty understated. Why don't we get state of origin? Messenger, what were your uh, standout moments from the weekend, mate? I I cannot go past the comeback, the, one of the great comebacks of all time. Brisbane with Ash McGrath, who looks like he should be playing seconds for in in Ballarat League with his little tummy there, kicking the winning goal in his 200th game, and 
Chris Scott getting all po-faced in his after-match press conference. It was, it was in, invigorating and 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 Schadenfreude all at once. Fair, fair, fair enough. And um, the new guys, Dan Og, what was your standout moment from the weekend? Uh, would have to be Brisbane Geelong again. Um, just I need to raise a point. How? much worse would the ending have been if BT was commentating. Like, just really. It would have sucked all of the energy out of that game. I'm just going to go on a bit of a an imitation of BT here. This is what it would be like if he was commentating. Nine seconds left. Big boy Pat Phil passes it to Adcock. Sells a bit of hand candy. Hands it off to the magician in Zorko. He kicks inside 50. McGrath, the boy from South Fremantle. The footy factory he's marked it. What a finish this would be. Oh boy. Wowee. I mean, <laughs> having that instead of Anthony Hudson, who is a fantastic commentator. He goes for Geelong and he delivered one of the least biased calls I've ever heard. I mean, it would have been horrible to have that ruined. No, no, right, rightfully well said. Oh, oh, oh. I know what somebody does in front of the mirror fairly regularly. <laughs> Actually, that's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> Tugger, what was your standout moment from the weekend? Oh, I can't believe uh, nobody's mentioned this, and um, I'm actually a bit affronted by it, but Daniel Jackson, my God. <laughs> For eight years, I've watched this bloke play football for the mighty Richmond Football Club. He misses targets from 20 metres out. He continually frustrates the living crap out of all of us, and then he goes and kicks a goal like that in the last quarter. Absolutely ridiculous. He did it against Hawthorne as well last year, like with the same sort of banana kick. It's like he was raised on a banana farm, really. I I just wanted to make a correction there. I am affronted by Daniel Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm offended by him. I actually thought... Wanted to offer my condolences for you having to watch him for eight years. Just, just on that Brisbane game, um, I, I think it was a, it's a bit of a godsend for Jason Dunstall because uh, um, he, he, he's lost the um, title of uh, the largest comeback at the Gabba being against him when he took uh, when he keeps on hearing about having how he took the Hawks into the shade uh, yes. multiple multiple moons ago. So he's uh, that, that's something he'll be grateful for. It's still not the uh, the biggest uh, comeback that Geelong have uh, lost at, lost in as well. I think there was one. In fact, they played Hawthorne. They were fifty seven points up and lost that one. So uh, they they love writing the records down at uh, Skilled Stadium. Yeah, I think my highlight for the weekend was uh, oddly enough the response to a video I made on uh, Saturday uh, after the uh, so called. Luke Hodge chicken wing incident on Friday night. <laughs> and Trolling the main board, were we? Well, no, I actually made it to uh, show Carlton supporters that uh, it's kind of not the same thing as what Judd did, but um, it got slightly misinterpreted on the main board. Probably not helped by uh, the chicken dance music that I put to it <laughs> or the uh, KFC logo, but... Um, was, your, was, your, was your theory that it was actually worse than what Judd did? No, it was nothing. It was it was nowhere near it. Um, Judd, Judd, Judd pretty much took a guy's arm when he was lying on the ground. Uh, Hodges was incidental in the tackle, I think. So, and he did it to a Selwood as well. Yeah, well, and it was a Selwood. I mean, yeah. he could have broken his arm for all I care. No, no, I didn't yeah. say that out loud. Um, oh, he's don't pu- edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's pushing the envelope a little bit, though, Hodgie, isn't he? Lately? But yeah, he's. he's I don't know. He's a, he's he, has, a... he has no carryover points. Mm. Yeah, no. Mm. 
unlike uh, Stevie. Uh, yeah, Stevie Johnson. Stevie J. Yeah. He, he has a lot of big footy posters glaring really hard at him, though, Messenger. That, that, uh, that holds some weight, mate. That's right. That's right. And and I did enjoy the thread this week where, you know, if you love football, you'll you'll abandon football if Stephen Johnson <laughs> gets suspended. You would have loved those. players should quit and, and, and go on strike or something. Yeah. That we yeah. should all go on strike if Stephen... All the players should go on strike, too. That's like exactly that. right. Yeah. Nothing, nothing beats the uh, Ryan Crowley report, though. And just, no, that's got to be the best like, in history. And and original, and and like he pinched me like three hundred times, umpire. <laughs> Come on! I, I, wonder I think that was just oh yeah, it's about three hundred times, mate. He it was pulled, just you know pulled, yeah, lots. Yeah, yeah, it was it was meant to emphasise a lot. But and I think I think on the board's going. Oh, I hardly believe that he could have pinched him three hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you get Ryan Crowley going. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then Ross Lyon, even after the tribunal like denied the appeal. And he, he had to pay an even bigger fine, you know. Uh, Ross Lyons going, oh, I don't care what the tribunal says, I still believe him. Did he pinch him at all? Yeah. He would have, I, I, he I, I, I think there was it, a, it a, a shin like boner like Harvey wouldn't lie. No. <laughs> <It's just laughs> no. So why would you make that up? You're going to make something else, you know. He did. Maybe, maybe. I mean, occasionally, I believe he, he said three hundred times because he didn't want to actually mention that he was also tickling him as well because that might have seemed. I can't tell if you're coming on to me or not. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think my other highlight from the weekend was uh, Joe Watson on Monday night, basically coming out and saying, "Yes, I uh, knew I was taking a certain substance, and I still took it anyway." And uh, then everyone else oh. cut. And then his coach coming out and saying that he was a uh, you know a man of massive integrity and a big uh, uh, you know uh, the kind of person the Essendon Football Club needs, um, yes. which all you know and, and and then saying that you know we didn't have to tell Job off, but then but saying that, but that we... makes it such a huge shame that they've I was about to swear um, messed up his career by you know telling him all this stuff was legal and and. Administering it, you know, they're, they're, they're singing his praises about how wonderful he is. And it's like, well, why did you get him up then? Mm. I, don't, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think Essendon people see it that way. I, I have yet to see an Essendon supporter who believes they did anything wrong, which is kind of ridiculous. It's, it's sort of annoying. Well, morally, I don't think the players themselves did something wrong. Oh no, no, no. It's, it's annoying seeing the supporters so blind though. Like, it's a horrible situation for the players to be in because I don't, I legitimately don't think that they were aware that they were taking anything banned but the yeah. fact is the AOD is banned they took it they got an advantage from it so they should be banned like that's yeah that's, that's if a... they got no advantage it's banned yeah, yeah. No. well they, yeah if you're at the AIS and you're a 17 year old gymnast you're expected to be able to know these things for yourself you and why are these 17 year old gymnasts messing no, no, no. Is yeah, this an area just... of your interest or <laughs> oh, you never like, know like, look it's occasionally I might get the old eight the eight uh, eight reel out and watch a bit but anyway <laughs> uh, the the well, I guess what I'm saying is that you know just this whole idea that they're within a club and they're costed and they don't know any better and they get told and and the AFL, uh, the AFL Players Association are going, going along with the line that you know, they, they've been ordered to do it and they've been instructed by their employer and and uh, trying to remove the trying to remove the um, 
uh, get some mitigation. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I haven't any sleep either. But uh, I thought Jared Waitley tonight was very interesting to listen to. He said uh, the Essendon's position is is absolutely fanciful, and anybody who thinks that these guys are going to uh, get away with it are just kidding themselves. They're, Why is it's, it taking so long though? It's preposterous how um, how we have to wait and wait and wait. I mean. Surely it's fairly cut and dried, isn't it? I think it's well, taking so long because they're running multiple investigations at the moment because oh. they're doing Cronulla at the same time. Um, there's the other, the, but it's all it's not the club can't admit for the players. The players have to admit themselves yeah. for themselves, yeah. and, and they haven't the issue, they haven't finished it? doing the interviews. The absolute best part of it is all the opposition fans flooding onto the boards to say, aha, we got you. And all the Essendon fans flooding onto the boards to say, this is great news. Everyone thinks they've run. The thing with the, the time taking so long, just going on a bit of a, a Richmond point of view, um, we used to have a player called Travis Cassily who we delisted and he was playing in the waffle. Um, and we were going to pick him up in the twenty. 20- 10 rookie draft I think but he got done for two years for taking two Sudafed tablets and like yeah. the process of him being banned was I, I think it was a couple of months not you know half a year like this is turning into which oh. is kind of ridiculous maybe you know Asada or Wada did advise Essendon something and they've got it wrong and that's maybe why it's taking so long and maybe that's why Essendon figures are seeming so confident well you guys had so. Justin Charles as well yeah, and I think that's a bit different because, well, it's not different. Like, obviously, he took the steroids and that was wrong, but I think steroids, yeah, and the steroids for the purpose of recovery, I don't think is so bad. Like, he had a, a knee injury, I think it was, or something like yeah. that. So to come back from a long injury, maybe, you know, you could justify that, but then if you let some steroids in, then that's going to be abused for, you know, just weekly recovery and blah, blah, blah. And that's not good. So, in hindsight, Justin Charles got off bloody lightly, though. I mean, what did he get? Sixteen weeks. Sixteen weeks. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, he'd be yeah, but the AFL two, weren't signed up to years. wider then either. The yeah, AFL true. only signed up to wider in like two thousand nine. So, I tell you what, aren't they watching us around the world at the moment? You know, the Australian athletes that are sort of uh, coming out now saying, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, look at what we've got to go through, and um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> they've got to be very, very careful what you know what the ultimate decision and what the ultimate penalties are because um, you know it's not just uh, it's not just the AFL level. It's uh, all eyes are on us. Well, I think the players' association's made up its mind that it's the club's fault solely. The club's fault from uh, what Matt Finnis was saying today is basically saying it's it's the responsibility of those in charge and those right. who advise the players. And to a degree, they're right. If they, if they, if the medical staff came out and said, look this is all legal and above board, then uh, there's a, a massive level of culpability you would expect on the, on the part of the Bombers. But well, um, Matt, Matt Finnis was quite extraordinary and he said, we understand strict liability, but what we're saying is that we think there's some mitigation from the uh, from the, the club forcing the, the uh, players to take these drugs. And so he's talking about strict liability in such a way that makes you think that he doesn't actually understand what he's talking about. It's <laughs> <laughs> called strict Yes, what part of strict? Rather, somewhat rubbery, somewhat yeah. rubbery liability. But in, in yeah. that in that context as well, Ryan O'Keefe's comments were interesting. Uh, in that he pretty much just came out and said, if you did the drug, you know, if you did the illegal drugs, you uh, should be banned. Yep. And um, you know, I think he echoes more people than uh, are actually saying otherwise at the moment. So, well, here's the question: Is Brownlow? 
Well, this is it. It, it, it comes down to the Brownlow, doesn't it? It's the... Well, it, it's going to be the test. I thought we were talking about Richmond, but let's talk about the Brownlow. Uh, let's gonna... talk about the Brownlow. We can, the Brownlow. We'll just swap around. We're, we're yeah, flexible. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We're go-getters. We can do whatever we like. So the Brownlow, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah. So, if you get caught taking banned substances during the year that you win the Brownlow, you lose that in Brownlow as far as I'm concerned. Well, it is just out beyond all Daniel, stuff. Daniel, <laughs> ja- Daniel Jackson says beyond it's all premature. The, the realms of um, normal human comprehension that you could win, you know, one of the league's top prizes in a year that you're found guilty of oh, taking. But he's such a good bloke. Substances. I mean, he, he would never do something. I'm sure like he that. is. I'm sure he's a wonderful bloke. I'm, <laughs> sure, he, I'm sure he didn't quite know, but it's his job to know. Yeah. And, and it's best and fairest is the best in blah blah blah. It's fairest and best, not best and fairest. Oh, so that really. Right. I mean, no, no, no I'm, just, I'm not saying that's like you, you fucked up. Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, like fairest and best. So fairest comes first, and taking drugs is not fair. Take his brown line. Since it, when does fairest come first, though? Really? Do you think the umpires sit in their little room, their little, their little, uh, little laptop, sitting around saying, "Oh, he was nice today." He was well, why do you think very Crowley crazy. never gets any votes? He's pinching people. I didn't realise Frank Spencer was an AFL umpire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man, Betty. Betty. Now, now, oh, I think he did wonderful. Don't get 20 minutes of Frank Spencer impersonation. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Go. now, now Dan Ogan, uh, we've, we've got a little bit of extra in, uh, interest in this Brownlow thing because... It's possible if they take the ne- take it away from Joe Watson, the next step down is that they'll award a joint Brownlow to Trent Cochin and Sam Mitchell. I don't Sounds think they'll. I don't think they'd award it to anyone. There's the Richmond segue. Go for it. I, I, that's, that sounds wonderful to me. I think. I think they'll. I think they'll do what the NRL did with the grand final, uh, with the premiership, and just not award it to anyone. I agree. I mean, in which games did he did he score votes, and who would have scored the votes if he didn't? So you're going to have to look a little bit deeper than just going to second place. But uh, I, don't, I don't think Trent or Cochin or Sam Mitchell would would want the Brown though anyway. I, I don't I don't have any problem with the AFL's position on it at the moment, where they're saying that they're waiting to the end of the investigation. Yeah, that's yeah. how it should be. You wait so till the report's done. No, he's admitted taking the drugs. <laughs> wait, what are they waiting for? He's actually come out and said it. Yeah. I don't know. It's the. I think it's the worry. Like, you're going to hear the word injunction a lot at the end of the year. And, Maybe it's uh, heard that word before. I, Maybe I, it's only the two years well, versus six months debate. About, um... I, I, I wrote. I wrote in the forums today that the, you know this year's grand final will be played sometime north of 2016. So, um, <laughs> but uh, it, there's. Oh, buddy's not caught taking drugs again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> again? No, this no, is, what? It's never happened. What? Uh, every, every club has not? its skeletons. Every club has its skeletons. Not us. Really? Well, we've got we've got Bootsma. Not that I'm prepared to admit. Lawrence Angwin doesn't ring any bells for you. <laughs> Salary cap rotting doesn't ring any bells. What? Oh, settle down, Tiger Boy. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't you have guys like Dustin hey? and stuff at your club? No, it's eight. He took a sleeping pill to help go to sleep. <laughs> and Ben Cousins got rushed to hospital because it was a sleeping pill as well. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it happens, it happens all the time. I pop a still knox and I get taken to the outpatients at Geelong Emergency all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, oh, we're going to get this uh, back on track. 
uh, we've veered somewhat off course, but that's that's okay. Um, so we're going to go into the first segment, which uh, we have the two Richmond gentlemen in Danog and Tugger on tonight for, and we're going to talk uh, Richmond, who are having a relatively good year. So uh, let's have a bit of theme music. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we finished ninth again. The Richmond Tigers finished ninth again. All right, so that was uh, predictable. Oh. <laughs> so can you remind me what position Carlton's in at the moment? Where's Carlton on the ladder? How many flags you won? Uh, ten. Right. Uh, come see us when you get another six. All right, now... Oh. People don't realise hey, same that period of time about in the last league, 30 years we would have given anything to finish ninth most well, years. There you go. <laughs> Let's try this again. What? Away from Tigerland, a fighting fury went from Tigerland. In any weather you will see us with a grin, risking head and skin. If we're behind then never mind, we'll fight and fight and win. And I can't take any more of that. We're talking Richmond tonight. <laughs> we were all looking forward to yelling out yellow and black. Oh, I was waiting for it. Uh, I yelled I thought, it out in round one. It was pretty loud. I thought, I thought I'd preempt the uh, yellow and black yeah, yell. Guys, we're talking Richmond tonight. Um, they're having a stellar season uh, by their own standards. And so uh, we thought we'd have some Richmond guys. I mean that. They're, they're, having, they're having one of their best seasons for a while. So uh, we thought we'd have some Richmond guys on. And, uh, Tiger, Danog, how are you seeing the season down at uh, Pun Road? All yours, Tug. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, a little bit, oh, a hell of a lot different to last year, actually, considering that we uh, we lost a lot of close ones and our, um, our biggest losing margin of the year, other than the Carlton game, I think, was 22 points. Um, but we also lost games that... Uh, that many would have penciled us in for. We just can't seem to beat uh, Gold Coast up in Cairns. What an absolute, absolute abortion of an idea that is. <laughs> thank Christ it's going to finish this year. It's being um, aborted this year, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, well, this year we are getting the job done against the teams that, uh, that aren't so good, like Carlton, and... Uh, <laughs> We're struggling a little bit against the uh, against the good teams. We've got a much easier draw this year. I will admit that, um, but still, I think we're going to have to find uh, some wins against uh, a good sides in the second half of the year. Dan Og. Yeah, um, I mean, just coming from where we were in 2010, we were a disaster. Um, we're basically as bad as Melbourne were uh, are now. Um, labelled worse than Fitzroy, similar percentage, and we didn't get any draft picks, so it's a farce if they, you know, get any sort of assistance. Preposterous, really. Um, and really, Hardwick brought the players together, got them playing for the jumper and the coach. The training wheels came off in 2011, um, and we really got more of an offensive game plan, scoring, you know, 350 more points in 2011 than 2010, so that's always good. And now the game plan is really good in the defensive side, in that we've conceded the least amount of points that we have for a long, long time, really. Um, There's not really much more that can be done other than a bit better inside 50 entries, I'd say. All right, guys, let's open it up for uh, questions and uh, fire away. Yeah, look, um, guys, just just talking about your statistics, um, you're down in a lot of categories this year compared to last year, uh, which which puzzles me. You, you, you're down in 
uh, average disposals, contested possessions, contested marks, um, uh, disposal efficiency slightly, um, clearances, tackles, uh, inside 50s. Um, but you, you, you're doing so much better. Is, it, is there, a, is, is there a, a change in game plan that's, um, that enable you to somehow be more efficient or more direct towards goal? Or, or I mean, I'm, I'm just, can you explain why those stats would be down but the team looks so much better? I think um, given last year, uh, the fact that uh, we were very free-flowing, we scored highly, um, but other teams had no trouble really scoring against us. Um, I think what uh, what the coaching panel has done um, pre-season is try to instill a more defensive game plan. Um, unfortunately, that hasn't uh, translated into tackles, which we're still pretty deplorable at. Um, but I really do think... Well, there's been a couple of games where you can just see that the coaching staff has, has tried uh, for our back line to, um, to hold onto the ball and not, not give it away so easily. Um, it didn't work against Essendon. They, uh, they sorted us out. Um, it almost came undone against Carlton, which is what, uh, what, I think he, uh, what I think Dimmer tried to get us to do in the second half when we had a big lead. Um, but I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the key statistics is because um, that we're trying to play a more, more defensive uh, frame of game. Yeah, it's a lot of keepings off, really. Um, I'm sure the uncontested marks would be way up just because of the style of gameplay that we have, and uh, really the, we're 18th for tackles. But you know that sort of thing does happen if you've you know got the ball the whole time. Um, and really, the worst patch of games that we played were those ones against the really good clubs. I think it was more us playing really badly, especially the Essendon game. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in the past two years, um, other than Gold Coast, of course. Um, but um, yeah, it's the the midfield as well is a, another good reason for you know a, a bit of a rise up the ladder. Um, it's got depth. It's got layers like an onion. Um, Cochin, DeLeo, Martin, Foley, Conker, Ellis, Floston, Edwards, and even our man, Daniel Jackson, um, all playing pretty well. I mean, uh, Cochin's down on his normal output, but he's had a knee injury since round four, I think, or five. He's a lot more inside this year, though. He's, yeah, um... and because Tuck's been out, so you can't really have him shouldering all that workload, but uh, Tucky's getting better, so he should be back in the VFL this week or next week, I think. So... Yeah, that's good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll have a place in the finals this year. We can dock in and, and get really uh, well accustomed to that. Um, and maybe top, get sixth, maybe, home final. But I'm, I'm hoping for 13 wins. Finals, look, they look a certainty. They, as much, well, as, as far as certainty, certainty as they can for the Tigers, who, who obviously don't want to... Don't want to call anything too early until it's a mathematical impossibility to to miss. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's um, my, my father's a, a Richmond supporter, so I hear a fair bit about it, <clears throat> especially if they're above us on the ladder. But um, um, yeah, I, I, I think you guys are home and hosed. Just looking at your draw. I'm 43 years of age, and I've been following this football club religiously for 36 years. Let me tell you, the only way we are certainties to make the finals is if it's mathematically possible. Otherwise, <laughs> we could we could go on and lose our next seven for Christ's sake. I'm I'm not bitter and twisted, am I? No, we've got GWS at round 22. You think we could lose that? I'm going up for that one, so well, we better so not. So am I. <laughs> 
I, I really like watching Richmond play, and I, I think the the trajectory that they're on now reminds me very much of Hawthorne of of, of uh, a few years ago, sort of two thousand five onwards, and and this team feels like Hawthorne two thousand seven, and they're probably in that that sort of lower half of the eight type quality, and they're not quite up with the the top four. Do you think there are if you could pick one thing that you could improve right now that you think would launch you up? to be really competitive against that 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 top group the Sydney and Geelong and and dare I say Hawthorne even though you smashed us last time oh. uh, well from my point of view I think we still need an absolute gun monster uh, be defender um, I know Alex Rance tries hard and look I was a massive critic for his in his first two or three years um, but he's he's really come on Um we recruited Chaplin, which has uh, given us uh, some good depth. Um, Dylan Grimes is always injured. Um, Jake Batchelor plays uh, taller than what he should. I think we need an absolute gun uh, defender, like in your, like your Matthew Scarlett kind of mold. I, I know that uh, I know that he's like a once in a generation type player, but uh, that's what I would want. Yeah, and inside fifties for mine. Um, so many times we just bomb it in on top of Jack's head, and he gets. Uh, triple teamed and it's basically impossible since none of our players know how to crumb most weeks and Shane Edwards does but he's been moved to the midfield so yeah inside 50s more bullet passes would be nice especially now that we've got Aaron Edwards in the side um, whose defensive pressure has actually been surprisingly good um, compared to what I expected from him and given that he's one of the most accurate kicks on goal in the whole league if we could get him on the chest every week that would be nice how have you uh how how's Mark Williams' influence been at the club this year? Excellent. I've heard I've heard it's been pretty significant actually. He's um, the players clearly love him. Mm. Um, I think we're all kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that he'll probably get the Melbourne job. Um, we just hope that if he does, he's he's made a a big enough impact on the playing list. I know that he um he, he's largely responsible for. Uh, for Dustin Martin's more settled lifestyle this year. Um, he's been a terrific player for us. And, um, yeah, I th- look, I, th- I think choco has been massive for us. Yeah, uh, he came into the club thinking uh, Matty Arnott, who still hasn't broken into a senior game, but he certainly looked a lot more impressive than previous years in the NAB Cup. Um, and he's really taken those younger players under his wing. Ellis is another one. Uh, Conka, who have, both of them have had really good seasons. He's working with Floston as well, and He's really, you know, got the confidence to order around uh, even the older players at uh, at training. I know he was telling Chris Newman, like, you know, get to the bloody right spots and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's been good. I don't think he's going to go to Melbourne. I think Paul Ruse is going to get that. I think AF- the AFL is going to step in and give him a big pay packet to lead Melbourne. Well, it's either going to be him or Rodney Eade, I think. But uh... oh, I reckon it's Rodney Eade for sure. He, he, for sa- sure. he sounds yeah, like yeah. he wants the job, doesn't he? Oh yeah, no, but sure. that's that's by the by. Uh, Punt Road, the AFL's talked it up recently in terms of upgrading it. Uh, I mean, it, we all know it's probably a ploy to get a better deal out of Eddie Had and and whatnot. But uh, how is? I mean, what's the likelihood of that? How how do you view the possible redevelopment of uh, of Punt Road? We just did it. Like we 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 just had all of our redevelopment, um, and now they want to add 
more, and what was it? A twenty thousand stadium was what they were wanting, or twenty five or, or something like that. Thirty or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see where they're going to fit it. I mean, you've got the actual administration and the gym and all that taking up one side. The boundary goes right to the fence on the other side, um, unless you actually built over Punt Road and um, whatever the other avenue is, Brunson Avenue, is it? Um, that crosses it there's no way that you're going to be able to fit that many people there. Um, if they, if they demolish the Royal Hotel, I'll be first out there to protest. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an absolute disgrace. I've spent most of my adult life in that joint. As it stands now, can they actually play uh, VFL football there or is that not permitted? Not uh, yet. From my understanding, I think they could, though, Danog, because um, the dimensions of the ground have been um, widened. And... Oh no no! It's it's nothing to do with the playing surface. It's just to do with like the amenities and all that. So there's no uh, no opposition change rooms. There's no not enough toilet facilities and that sort of thing. So it's it really just about like the spectators' experience rather than the actual players. Mm. That's the problem. So I don't think it, it might be next year, but definitely the year after that, that we'll be able to play a punt road. Yeah, I mean the typical, whole yeah. the whole ME Bank Centre is um, I don't know if. I'd... Only, only Richmond supporters have probably gone in and had a look, but um, our facilities now are, are up there in the best of the, in the comp. Um, and for that to all oh, maybe have to come down, that uh, yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Yeah, definitely wouldn't want that. Messenger, you were trying to say something? I was going to say, the typical VFL ground these days is not exactly high on... Uh, doesn't feel like it's very high on uh, the uh, amenity of the visiting, uh, visiting fan, I've got to say, and... I went to Leichhardt Oval last year to watch an NRL game and they still had rope pull toilets. <laughs> no joke. All you really need is a fibro shack with a with a with a sheet of uh sheet of uh, steel up against it for some pee and that's about your standard VFL toilets, I would have thought. And what do, you, what do you think they would do with the jumper? Do you think the it would be the same sort of strip for the Richmond VFL side or would it uh, be something different, do you reckon? I'd imagine it'd be the same. Coburg's is completely different, isn't it? Yeah, it's red and blue Coburg. Oh, right. So that's next year, is it? Stand yeah, alone? next year. Yeah. There's a there's a whole stack of teams that are going standalone next year. Yep. So Bulldogs are going standalone. Williamstown basically kicked them out, which is pretty funny, really. Mm-hmm. What about the off-field stuff, guys? Um, just I think you just reached sixty thousand members, and yeah, grass um, on that, guys. You got uh, you got Benny Gale in at the club. who seems to be um, fairly highly rated um, all over the AFL at the moment. How do you how do you feel about um, how that side of it's going? Um, I, I I've never been more confident actually as um, as far as the off field stuff goes. Um, I think when Dimmer came in five years ago, our aim was to get the off off field stuff sorted first because if that if that's no good, then you can't you can't move forward with your on field. Um, st- strategies. So uh, we are debt free now. That was announced at the Hall of Fame dinner two weeks ago. Uh, Sixty thousand members. Um, the next step is to play finals regularly. Which you know, it's a positive feedback thing because I think you get half a million dollars for each final that you play, or something like that, because the gates always split, or something along those lines. So more finals, more money, more good. Uh, the gate goes back to the AFL. The AFL distributes it to all clubs. Oh, um, we wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's used to me. It's, it, it, it's, it's one of those things. What on, is this final on... thing you talk yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Or, or you could just say, thank you, Hawthorne. 
<laughs> I was 12 <laughs> when I when Richmond were in the last final, so I've not experienced much in my lifetime. Yeah. The one the one thing I do like is when Dimmer did take over uh, four years ago. Um, he said that the next time we make the finals, it won't be just a fleeting appearance, like a once every every 10 years like it was um, in 95 and 01. Um, he said that one, when we get there, um, we're there to stay for five or six years at least and to challenge. So uh, I think I think our playing list is finally um, resembling something that can actually have a little bit of longevity to it. And people actually want our players now, like for trading options. Before, you wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole, but Nahas probably has a little bit of currency and a few of our developing tools... Uh, maybe someone else would want to take a punt on them as well. So, yeah. Would you, would you like a Ruckman? Yeah, we, we yeah. would like another Ruckman. Would you? Probably. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got one or two to trade. No, and, uh, not touching those. And uh, we, we're thinking Robbie Warnock could look good in the yellow and black alongside uh, Sean Grigg. Oh. And, yeah. uh, you know. That's, that's... We want Andy Collins want... back, oh. by the way. I wonder <laughs> if we could take Jay Schultz At the end pack. of the year, you can probably have Andy Collins back. Oh, I think you can have Andy back, yeah. I think that's uh, that's the way it's headed. His heart's still at Richmond. That's the problem. Well, yeah. you know. and and Greg and Greg didn't have a heart to begin with, so that's why the reverse isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to move along very quickly, um, and it will be time for the news. <laughs> Good evening, this is Big Footy's AFL News for June 26, 2013. I am the Wookiee. Essendon captain Joe Watson has backed away from comments he made on Monday night's episode of On the Couch, telling the Age newspaper that while he did not regret being truthful, he felt that he did not explain the full context of his admission. He told reporters yesterday that he could make no further comments on his interview. Um, I suppose uh, in light of last night's uh, comments in the interview, um, sort of make a, a further comment. Um, the investigation with the AFL and the SADA is, uh, is ongoing uh, and I'm looking forward to that investigation being made public and the findings of that being made public. But uh, I can't uh, comment any more about the specifics of the investigation and uh, the club will be making a statement online um, later on tonight on the website. But. Uh, Considering the investigation is uh, going on, I, I can't make any more public comments. Essendon, Essendon coach James Hurd told reporters today he was surprised by the admission but not disappointed. Were you surprised? A little bit, yeah. Were you disappointed? No, I'm never disappointed in Joe Watson. Joe Watson is a man of uh, the highest integrity, highest character, a great person for our footy club and, um, yeah, never disappointed in Joe Jeff Kennett has weighed into the discussion, saying that if similar incidents had happened at Hawthorne, he'd have had no hesitation in firing the chief executive and coach responsible. He told Fox Sports that it was likely that there was more to come. The whole episode is profoundly disappointing from a whole range of aspects. One is governance, duty of care to players, putting individuals at risk, uh, stupidity in some place of players for allowing themselves to be continually injected in the stomach having signed a so-called waiver. Uh, sadly, I think there's more to come out. Uh, I just hope it can be resolved as quickly as possible. It's not good for the code, it's not good for the reputation of the AFL. 
the Essendon Football Club and all of those who have been involved in it. And uh, Joe Watson is a, from all accounts, I haven't met him, but a wonderful young man. Uh, but he, like many of the players, have been led down a path that they should never have been enticed into. Still on the Asada investigation and the AFL has confirmed that Joe Watson will be free to play this weekend despite his admission that he took banned substances on Monday night. The AFL maintains that no action will be taken against either club or players until the Asada investigation is complete. It's expected to be finished around August. To Melbourne and Bulldogs coach Brendan McCartney has joined forces with Brisbane Lions coach Michael Voss who has come out against Moose to give Melbourne a helping hand in the draft saying that sides such as Brisbane, Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs all had to endure the compromised drafts with no draft assistance. It's, uh, what's happening? I find it disturbing, to be brutally honest. I mean, we've just come out of the, the, you know, the greatest uh, compromised draft in the last two or three years. Our, uh, our teams that have been, I guess, struggling through that point of time have received no leg up whatsoever. In good news for Melbourne, star players Jack Watts and James Frawley have both indicated their intentions to remain with the club next year. To further good news, and Port Adelaide's Jack Need is the Round 13 Rising Star nomination. The Tigers have announced that they've hit the 60,000 membership market, becoming just the third club to do so behind Collingwood and Hawthorne. If you haven't yet got your membership for your club, then time is running out, with the deadline being July 31 visit your club website for details. In contract news, West Coast Eagle Mark Lacroix has signed until 2017. To tribunal news and Steve Johnson's two-match AFL ban has been upheld at the tribunal after the Cats' appeal failed last night. He'll miss big matches against Fremantle and Hawthorne. The Eagles' Andrew Embley will miss a week for kneeing Hawthorne's Ben Stratton, while Melbourne ruckman Jake Spencer was suspended for three matches and St Kilda defender Tom Simpkin was suspended for two. Fremantle's Ryan Crowley has failed in his appeal to get his fine overturned for pinching Brent Harvey on the weekend. Harvey claims to have been pinched more than 300 times during the course of the game. Crowley has denied the charge and Fremantle challenged it but lost their appeal. Fremantle coach Ross Lyon told Channel 7 regardless of the outcome, he believes his player. Yeah, as, as you I would as well, Baz. Um, it's really important. Um, I believe Ryan, I can't preempt the tribunal, but uh, at the end of the day, regardless of the result, I believe Ryan. So. To injury news, and the season is over for St Kilda's Sam Fisher, who will shortly have toe surgery. Hawthorne's defender Grant Birchall will be out for action for at least six weeks with a knee injury. Adam Goods will miss this weekend's match against Carlton with a minor knee injury, while Fremantle has officially ruled out Adam Sanderlands and Matthew Pavlich from this weekend's match against Geelong. West Coast will lose Shannon Hearn for up to eight weeks and Scott Selwood for up to a month after a bruising encounter against Hawthorne last weekend. To Milestones and congratulations to Carlton backman Michael Jamison, who will play his 100th game this weekend against Sydney. And finally, if you want to go to the footy this weekend but you can't normally afford to and you're a North Melbourne supporter, or member rather, Members will be able to get into their game against Greater Western Sydney with reserve seating starting at just $4 for juniors and $10 for adults. For more information, see the North website at www.nmfc.com.au. This has been the AFL News. Excellent. <laughs> All right, we're, so we're going to move on to what you uh, look forward to most from the round uh, to finish up the evening. Um, and we'll start with uh, Messenger. Oh look, I, I think Thursday night's got it all. It's it's West Coast's 
chance to if they lose this they're, they're done they might as well stick a stick the queue in the rack and uh can't will lessen and uh reply from a, a week of turmoil yeah idm what are you expecting up oh look i'll go along with the um with the um eagles and bombers game um eagles starting to get a strong side back again um, and um, they didn't look too bad against the Hawks, so let's see if they have some sort of a resurgence and, and head back into the uh, into the eight. Um, and, and also um, uh, Geelong and Fremantle. Um, Fremantle carves the Cats up in um, in Melbourne in the uh, in the finals last year. Yeah. And um, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm sort of interested. It will be at Skills Stadium and. But Geelong have got a couple out, so I'm just interested to see. This will be a real test for Fremantle and to see exactly where they're at. Well, it's probably the match of the round, Geelong and Fremantle, and when you take ladder positions into consideration. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, Chief, what are you looking forward to this weekend, Matt? Um, well, I want to uh, just wait and see Hawthorne and Brisbane and see if Brisbane can back that shit up, as they say. Um, <laughs> and I've got to... I've got to re-rate this on iTunes as explicit. Um, also, I mean, also Melbourne and Western Bulldogs to see who's going to have a coach. Oh yeah, or whatever. Ooh. I don't, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you sack your Melbourne sack their coach after a bye. I mean, God. Yeah, what they're going to do after they play a game. Yeah, maybe Gillard will go for the uh, the dogs position if uh, McCartney gets sacked. Swanee could be in there too. That's a thought. Swanee, Conroy. They're need a full forward. She'd be better than Liam Jones. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tugger, what are you looking forward to from the weekend? Um, I'm looking forward to West Coast and Sydney doing the mighty Richmond Football Club a favour by winning their respective games. And then Richmond coming out and doing an absolute number on St Kilda and putting three games between us and the dreaded night. Yeah, I'm going to bet note this down and I'm going to laugh my ass off if St Kilda beat you. Yeah, that is a real possibility. Yeah, it's a you possibility. It's funny, they did, you didn't laugh when they beat you. No. <laughs> More of a sob. Sadly, I didn't. <laughs> no, but you weren't quite as feisty as you were tonight, though. Well, you know, tiredness does that to me. It brings out the anger in a man. Yeah. Danog, what are you looking forward to for the weekend, Mark? Um... Well, a lot of games, really. I mean, I want to really see if Gold Coast are the real deal. If they can beat Adelaide, uh, it's up at Metricon. So they've got a legitimate chance. Um, Adelaide aren't all that crash hot this year. They've got a few great key defenders in Rory Thompson and, uh, you know, a bunch of other young up-and-comers. Um, and I think that'll be enough to maybe get them across the line and sink Adelaide's season even more. Before I wrap it up, um, I would like to just point out that if you haven't already, uh, there's a number of podcasts uh, going around the Big Footy forums at the moment. West Coast have just put out their uh, the West Coast forum have just put out their first one, uh, so go down to their forums and have a bit of a listen to that. The Pies have one, if you can stomach it. Um, you just can't leave it alone. It's just yeah, yeah. hard to get those pies. Down. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how they do it. Uh, the Dockers have one. Um, Bay 13 has one. Um, rightfully, do you shudder when you hear that? And, I uh, highly recommend the Bay 13 flog. The Bay 13 one is, 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 is very good. 
Oddly enough, the Bay 13 podcast is more mainboard podcasts, and we're more Bay 13 podcasts. And <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I think they're being they're self censoring. They're being it, too. It's. You have, have to go and g them up. It's an identity <laughs> crisis. I, I am I am angling for an invite. Uh, we're we're like rivals, really. No, and, we're not. We're friends. We're all friends. We're all, it's, a, it's a happy, sunshiny day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we're yes, just, there are. We're just we're pinching each other, and tickling. <laughs> there are. Anyway, there are a large number of podcasts coming up on the on the forum, so keep an eye out for them. Um, you can subscribe to them on iTunes. You can download them, do whatever you need to do with them. But uh, they are all about. If you don't have a podcast for your forum and you want one, feel free to contact myself or uh, one of the other admins, and uh, they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to help you out further. In the meantime, guys, that's it for tonight. Thank you very much to Tugger and Danog for coming in. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks, guys. And can I just say happy birthday to my daughter, Olivia, who turns 13 oh. today? No, no, you can't. There's no, uh, <laughs> it's too late. You already has. 13! No room, for, no room for that sentimental rubbish on this program. It's, it's hard This program is about hating anyone who's not Carlton. It's hard-hitting football news. That's this what... program is for blokes. <laughs> and... Uh, ODN, thank you very much for coming in, Matt. That was relatively painless. <laughs> to Messenger, thank you. I've never had so many injections in my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sensor is going to be hard at work tonight. And uh, Chief, thank you very much for coming in and gracing us with your uh, almighty presence. No worries. I'm... Anyway, that's good night from us here at the Big Footy Podcast. We'll see you all next week on the podcast, and in the meantime, we'll see you on the forums. Have a good weekend. He pinched me. <laughs>